You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Faribault. I work at ACC Network. I write at Pittsburgh Sports Now, and I broadcast games for WPTS Radio. Folks, we have a loaded episode today. Wendell Davis is hitting the transfer portal, what his departure means for the Pitt linebacking room and the defense overall. We'll also talk about that Duke defense. What can they do to potentially stop Kenny Pickett? Is there even a chance they can slow down Pitt's high-powered offensive attack? All that coming up here and more on Locked on Pitt. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. We really appreciate all the support, folks. Pitt obviously having a great season here. And, and man, I really have no mixed feelings about this Pitt season. I'm excited to see what they can do against Duke. I'm just living it as it goes right now. But there have been a few hiccups along the way, obviously. But the weird thing is... The A.J. Davis transfer came out of kind of nowhere, but it made sense. The Wendell Davis transfer that we have just received today, man, that one is a blindsider. Didn't expect Wendell Davis to leave. He was a guy that probably was in line to potentially start next year. I mean, we're talking about a guy that is completely ingrained in a rotation, getting significant snaps. We are talking about a guy that not only was a starter last year before he got injured, we're talking about a guy that was in line to play more at the mic. We're talking about a guy that would get future playing time at that position. And he leaves not after the season. It's not like he just left after the season. He leaves in the middle of the season. Weird timing, right? Real weird timing. What in the world happened to make this happen? I have no idea. Is it, you know, is it the coaches? Is is Wendell Davis not happy with Coach Ryan Manilak, the new linebackers coach this year after Rob Harley left for Arkansas State to go become their defensive coordinator? I don't know. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it a family thing? Could be. It could be so many different things. It's just such weird timing. And you also have to take into account this is after the game where he got benched. So Wendell Davis is coming out and essentially leaving this this team the game after he misses a key tackle on Jalen Knighton, who springs it for a touchdown, and he's gone. This is, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you think of Wendell Davis, and yes, I don't think he's had a fantastic year. Let's be honest here. I haven't loved what I've seen out of Wendell Davis this year. He's been fine. He's not really played at a super high level. You know, especially with the talk last year where everyone was talking about what a great player this guy's going to be. Not necessarily. He is athletic. He's not great in coverage. He has some really questionable 
just moments where he, like that one against Miami where he just misses tackles, can't get off blocks. Listen, Wendell Davis has struggled to a degree. I don't think he's a guy that has necessarily played up to the level that he probably should at times. But he absolutely is someone that had talent and that could take that next leap. And someone that, in a linebacking core that has not played well this year, they absolutely needed in that rotation. Wendell Davis is departing Pitt at probably, you can now make a good case that star linebacker is a huge weakness. We talked about that last week. That was already a weakness. Now Mike linebacker is a weakness too. Because what does this do? You lose the, the, the fieriness that Davis brings. You lose the athleticism. He's always had good instincts. Again, there's just tertiary things, missing tackles, sometimes over-pursuing to the ball, not getting off your blocks as well, being a second hesitant to come downhill, even though when you know he knows what's coming. He's never been a great coverage linebacker either. He's not in that delta package. So he they're not losing coverage ability, but they are losing, I think, a guy that has high upside with his athleticism and physical tools. They're losing a guy with good instincts, a willing learner. They're losing a guy, man, that was in line for significant steps in the future. Is it a loss this year? Yes, it might even be a bigger one next year. Wendell Davis was going to be one of the guys that was going to be the stalwart next year on that defense after they lose Phil Campbell, John Patrician, Chase Pine, potentially also Cam Bright. There's everything about that that can now affect next year. So now you you change not only the outlook this year at the Mike position, you change it completely next year. Losing Wendell Davis as a whole, it's not the end of the world. But man, it sure hurts. And he's a, he's a guy that was eating up the snaps there, was in a rotation with Servasia Dennis. And I think that's the biggest thing that's, that's going to hurt on this one. Servasia Dennis now has to play Mike kind of all the time, or most of the time. Because who else is there? And we'll talk about that. Who could replace that? You know, who could replace Wendell Davis's snaps in the middle? What does that mean for other spots on the field? We'll talk about that. But Servasia Dennis is the biggest one. He's not going to play money as much. It's probably going to be mostly Phil Campbell there at the money. And there's other candidates there to play the money position. But it's not going to be Servasia Dennis as much. And he looks better on the outside. He looks more comfortable. He looks like he can attack better at that position. He looks like a guy that's more comfortable coming downhill, playing as a blitzer, working in short areas in space. He's not a guy that is going to avoid the trash and in the middle of the field and have the length to shed blocks and stack and shed and, and just come downhill. He's not a Mike linebacker. He's not. I You know, he he's not that guy. Servasia Dennis should be playing money more. And... He's been forced to play the mic. Uh, hopefully next year that doesn't have to be the case with him because I really think he's out of the position. I think that him at mic is probably the least advantageous position for him. He would be better at both star or money. He fits that type of mold better, the downhill, aggressive type that would just bite your head off. This type of guy that loves to stop the run, but he's not great really at shedding blocks, and sometimes he'll he'll over-pursue to the outside when he has to take long pursuit angles. I think he's a good, not great athlete. He's a guy that just fits better at one of those outside spots. 
which is the star of the money, not the mic. Pitt does have linebacker problems. They have not performed up to expectations this year, and Wendell Davis transferring only exacerbates that. So who could replace him? We'll talk about that, folks. But, folks, first I want to let you know that this episode of the Locked On Pitt podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. Listen, McDonald's has always been more than just a place you can get the tasty and affordable food. You can always get there to stop and refuel, just reconnect with people, rest your legs if you're on a road trip, do anything you want in that regard. You can win or lose, whether the team loses or whatever. You're on a long road trip from, say, Pittsburgh. Maybe you are crazy enough to drive to Duke. Stop at a McDonald's. It's always good. It's a place you can look forward to stopping and getting a quality food and service. So, you know, just head to the, your local McDonald's, refuel and reconnect. Maybe there could be a locked-on pit watch party there. It's always possible, folks. I'm not ruling it out. McDonald's has been proudly serving communities since 1965, and it's always been more than about tasty and affordable food. It's been about the family experience. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there, and as they say... I'm loving it. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Talking a little bit about the linebacker position for Pitt after the Wendell Davis transfer. A lot of things still are going to change in this room for Pitt. And listen... When you talk about Pitt overall and what they need to do moving forward at that linebacker spot, they now need to find someone to back up Dennis at the Mike position. And that is kind of complicated because is there really anyone else at that Mike spot that you're super confident in? Chase Pine to a degree, but when he's actually been playing money, he's been a lot better than he has been in recent years. And I think that's the issue. Because when you look at Pine overall, at the Mike spot, questionable. Shedding blocks, for example. When he just can react on the outside, avoid that trash better, not have to sift through as much, he's a lot better. He's a lot better attacking downhill and just letting that work for him. He's got nice explosive twitch, but again, I also think this goes to the the D-line a little bit. They're a little bit above average this year, but they're not great. So they're not always going to keep the linebackers clean right? Which is a problem when you don't have linebackers that are great stackers and shedders at the second level when you're facing teams that run a ton of inside zone and duo in the ACC. Because those guys are always going to be climbing to the second level, and if you can't avoid that, if you can't sift through that, if you don't have that lateral twitch, that explosiveness, plus the instincts to avoid it and sift through the trash, and if they do reach you, stack and shed, it's a huge issue for Pitt. What is Pitt going to do? In that case, is is Pine really that guy? I don't think so. That has not and has really, I don't want to say never been his game, but it's never been a strong part of his game. It's never been the focal point. That's not been Chase Pine. And Chase Pine's solid as a rotational guy, but man, you'd like to keep him at the money spot. Especially because you might have to move Dennis from the money spot, the backup money, inside the mic almost full time now. So that also affects the money rotation. Luckily, the money rotation shouldn't be much of an issue. I don't view that one, to be quite honest with you, as a huge issue. Because I think that 
Pitt has options at money backer. Bengali Kamara. If that turns out to give Bengali Kamara more time, it's not a problem. It really isn't a problem. Bengali Kamara is a solid player. If he had to step in right now, I would feel very confident in what Bengali Kamara would do. I'm not a huge detractor of Bengali Kamara. I'm a guy that is at a high level. Bengali Kamara has good athleticism. He's a guy that can really move. He's a guy that actually can stack and shit. Reminds you a lot of of guys that have come through that position in the past and and played at a high level. Bengali Kamara, I think, is going to be a solid football player for this team in the future as they kind of move into that. However, when you look at overall what Pitt is going to need to do to really come through and try and and slow down teams on the ground, it's not going to be easy for them. It's not going to be truly a fix and just a plug and fix. Brandon George, potentially, I think Brandon George is going to be maybe the guy that they call upon. Maybe it's Chase Pine a little bit more. And they do, you know, want him because he has more experience there. And maybe they don't trust Brandon George just yet. And that's okay. If they don't trust Brandon George a ton just yet, he's gotten sparringly rotation time in in that room. It's okay. He's a guy that... Brandon George is a guy that overall has seemed like a hard hitter who can come down and play really hard. He's worked in on some third downs at times, but that's against uh, New Hampshire. So it's it's not like Brandon George is going to be some great linebacker. He's kind of slow as well. He's not athletic, and when you lose athleticism like you do with Wendell Davis, and then you have you know really good athletes coming up against Virginia uh, and, and North Carolina, and even Syracuse with Sean Tucker, that's a question. Chase Pine is a much better athlete than George. I would keep George at the three, at the mic. I would not play him downhill. I think you can play him downhill to a degree, but you don't want him to be the backup. You don't want him getting significant snaps at the mic. I think it's going to be more Chase Pine in that role. I think then Kamara can step in more at the money if they want him to. That seems like the best course of action to me. Um, By far. I think that when you have... If your two deep looks... Like this, essentially, here moving forward. It should be, in my opinion, at the money. It should be Campbell, Kamara, Mike, Dennis, and Pine. Star, just keep bright and patrician. And that's kind of what you're going to have to do going forward. It's not a flashy linebacker room. It's not even a particularly great one. But what are you going to do when Wendell Davis leaves? Your linebackers haven't been playing at a high level, but you know you might have a guy like Kamara there. That can play at a high level. You know, I don't know if they're going to do crazy shakeups. I don't think they will. Not this far into the season. So, that's kind of what I feel like. You know, Pine was working in there as well after that. Uh, after Davis got benched. So, it was Pine as the main backup. Expect him to play, I think, the mic behind Dennis. I don't love Dennis playing there more, but man, I don't know who else would play there. Pine's not a starting level guy. He's a rotational guy. And I think you trust Kamara more at the money 
then you would trust George there at the mic and the rotational role. So Pine probably back to the middle. That would make the most sense to me. All right, folks, let's talk about this, this Duke defense that Pitt is going to face on Saturday. But first, I want to let you guys know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the pro football and basketball action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, that's the promo code Locked On, Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, no way to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. Let's talk a little bit about this Duke defense. The Duke defense coming into the game, man, a little bit of a brutal stretch here for them. Like 48 to Virginia, it's par for the course. 45 to Wake Forest, kind of par for the course, but it's certainly not getting easier with Pitt coming to town. And listen, when you look at what Pitt is going to bring, it's going to be very similar things. Kenny Pickett, deep threat ability with Jordan Addison, Jalen Barden, hopefully he plays. Um, Jared Wayne, they have a lot of good weapons. They also have a high-level running back in Izzy Abane-Kanda. They have two good tight ends. They have a good O-line. This is not going to be easy for the Duke defense at all. And I mean that, at all. Duke's defense has not been great this year. They really haven't. And listen, when you look at what you bring to the table, and that being, what does this defense do well? Well, Shaka Hayward's the, 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 the sheriff around town. You know, with without any Victor KJ, Chris Rumpf, they're not here anymore. It's him. Shaka Hayward is the guy. Calls the shots, essentially is their leader. He's a solid player, too. But... Just looking around their team, outside of that, this defense is not that talented. It's a defense that is relatively experienced. It's a young defensive line, though. As I said, they had a they've had a lot of movement up front this this these past few years. Duke has not been this stable unit, and they're certainly flipping over the script right now in their defensive line room. But the offense of Pitt should be able to put a lot of pressure on that young D-line. They should be able to move the ball. They should be able to run the ball at, with effectiveness. They should be able to throw the ball at a high level as well. Just looking at, at essentially their their stats, their, you know, Duke is last in th- third down defense. Pretty bad. It's not great for them. They allow almost 47% third down conversions. So not good for them, right? You look at them as well in terms of just kind of basic stuff like scoring defense. 12th, they allow 33.2 points per game. Only about six tackles for loss 
allowed. It's it's decent, but it's not great. And, and here's the thing. They're also last in passing efficiency. They do get after the quarterback a little bit, but not much. Only two sacks per game. This is not a great defense. It, it's not a high-level defense. And, and, I mean, they allow almost 180 yards on the ground. You know, they, they allow a lot. They allow almost 300 yards passing a game. They all rank near the bottom. This is not a great team, man. It's not a great defense. Shaka Hayward's a nice player, but they're young. They they need to grow a lot. This is a transitional year for, for Duke, and for good reason. They lost a lot of talent. Mark Gilbert left um, for the NFL as well. They lost a lot of their high-end talent at Duke. And Shaka Hayward's a really talented guy, but, man, he's only one guy. And he'll make plays, and, and that's due. But when you look at Pitt overall, there's no reason Pitt shouldn't be able to move this off. So when we look at Duke's defense as a whole, we see a few key things and a few key notes that everyone needs to take a note of. First of all, the two high coverages they run. They run so much two high coverages. When you have a young defensive line that is not going to keep your linebackers clean and is not going to fill their gaps as with, with as much intensity and with as much fervor, in which basically high football IQ, it's going to be a young unit that makes mistakes. We've seen that throughout the year. It's been a big issue for them. They've got they've not been gap sound. They've had the inability to truly stay in their gaps. They've been washed out on zone runs, um, on, on power plays, and Pitt runs a lot of power. But the too high component of this is huge. Because here's the interesting thing about too high coverages is essentially when you play too high and you talk about you know, two high safeties, you're playing at a disadvantage in the run game because both of those guys are dropping out in palms. Those are guys that are essentially playing the pass first. So you are playing at nine guys, essentially. And it's going to take your run fits a little bit differently. But you can run easier on those types of coverages. The lot, lot of two high shells you'll see from Duke, they don't live in two high shells all the time. They obviously will switch things up. And I wonder if they do here, because Pitt can pass on that as well. Pitt has been easily shown to be able to pass on two high coverages this year. They've split the middle safeties a lot. They can put the safeties in conflict with each other. It's been something that Pitt has put a clinic on this year, to be quite honest with you. They have been known to really ramp up the ability to attack things like that. And I don't know how they're going to quite stop this offense, because Pitt has so many weapons. Whether it's Addison, whether it's Abani Kanda, and I think Abani Kanda has the chance to have a big game in this one. Duke, when you look at their defensive stats, it's just not impressive. There's nothing really too impressive about the defense, and the scheme is nothing fancy. They're not going to give you these exotic blitzes like Clemson or the, the, the changing blitzing fronts that you would see from Miami. Now, the, the most intricate thing they kind of do to a degree is, in fact, that they do run sometimes a spinner set. Three outside linebackers where they'll have an explosive linebacker stand over the middle of the, essentially the middle of the line. We'll run stunts with them. They might just run him up the middle of the A-gap. This is something they did with Chris Rumpf. Down without Rumpf, it's a little less effective. And you can see the effect without Rumpf and with Demu KJ out, you know, and, and both in the NFL. They just don't have the same type of sauce in that package. But it is something to watch. That could be the most exotic blitz package that Pitt will see in this game. I think they'll be prepared for it. They'll probably be studying that at a high level, as they should. It's going to be a wrinkle that you're going to see, and certainly one that you will face a lot. 
um, if you are Pitt. But still, Pitt should be able to move really well. I think Melky Stovall is going to have a nice game. He's kind of been their underneath guy. Doesn't run a lot of deep routes. That's not really his route tree. He doesn't even have a very expanded route tree. We talked about that earlier in the week where, you know, Stovall's route tree isn't this expansive route tree. He has a few routes, but he when he's underneath, he can run those curl routes. He can run those stop routes. He can run uh, essentially those in routes, those in breaking routes, the out routes. He can run those short to intermediate routes. And when you have it, you know, you're playing a too high team, that you're going to clear out safeties and you're going to put those guys in conflict. It gives the ability for those underneath guys to potentially make plays after the catch as well. So I think Stovall is a guy that could potentially have a really nice game in this one. But Pitch should have the ability to really move the football at a high level and do what they need to do in this game. I feel like Pitt's offense should have a good day against the Duke off uh, Duke defense. rather. Um, just the, the matchup, coverage-wise, the talent-wise, it does not look good for the Blue Devils at all. Folks, tomorrow we're going to have a crossover episode with J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils. So that's going to be a really good show. We'll talk about what's at stake, how we see that playing out. We'll preview Duke. We'll preview Pitt. We'll do all those good things. It's going to be a great crossover episode with us two. Really looking forward to getting that one out to you guys. As always, thank you for making Locked On Pitt your first listen. Now don't forget to make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. You can get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candice Cooper. She does great work. It's free and available on all platforms. Make sure to listen to Locked On ACC. All right, folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.